Authentic Verdict is a movement that helps motivate people to launch and start their businesses. Whether your business is big or small, or you're just looking for motivation, this podcast is for you. We chat to inspiring founders from e-commerce, blogging, local, service and product-based businesses about the fist-pumping moments and then the dark days that you just want to give up. No two businesses are the same. However, delving into the authentic verdict of what works, what doesn't and how to cultivate that crazy mind of yours can help set you on your way. I'm your host, Katie Eels, co-founder of online sustainable skincare store, Sabia Co. Welcome, Lottie. Thank you so much for joining me on The Authentic Verdict. Um, For those of you who don't know who you are and what incredible things you are doing, do you mind giving us a little bit of an intro? Yeah, no worries. Thanks so much for having me. So I am Lottie Diel. I am the founder of Banish, which is an online store and education platform that helps Australians reduce their waste. Um, My official job title, I don't really know (laughs) what that is, a jack of all trades really, but um, officially I go as a sustainability expert and educator. And that you are. I absolutely have learned so much and loved following along all the little tips and tricks that you share every day, as well as the amazing products. So thank you. (laughs) No, I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm helping people. That's all I want to do. Yes. And I guess the first thing I like to really focus on is what are you manifesting or working on at the moment? Oh gosh, how much time do we have? I feel like each and every day I'm such a big morning person. So I come out like in the morning and I'm like, my to-do list is like four pages long. I'm like, I'm going to conquer the world. And then by the end of the day, I have crashed and burned and I'm like at the bottom of the pit. But what I am manifesting and working on at the moment is actually launching my own brand. So Banish is a marketplace for eco-friendly and sustainable products. So we work with businesses like you guys to kind of put all of these amazing businesses on one platform. So I'm super excited to be working on that. So that brand is called Little Pepino and it is taking up a lot of our time at the moment, but I am absolutely loving it. And what else am I manifesting? I'm actually manifesting to come back home for Christmas. Yes. So fingers crossed I can do that. Yes, me too. I've actually just booked flights back home to Port Douglas literally yesterday and I just can't wait. I haven't gotten up there very much at all this year, which is so hard when you, you just miss home. <laughs> I know it's so tricky and I feel like you're a bit the same as me. Like the reason I started Banish was like to have flexibility and to be able to do my own thing. And like one of those things was being able to work from wherever you are in the world, let alone Australia. So (laughs) this year definitely haven't been able to work from anywhere in the world, but hoping that it will all change in a couple of weeks. Yes, not long. And how did you end up in business? How did Banish kind of come to fruition? Yeah, so it's a pretty funny story, actually. Um, Banish came out of a New Year's resolution, which I think sounds a bit ridiculous and not many people (laughs) believe me because New Year's resolutions don't often stick, Um, but this one kind of did. So in 2018, I made about 20 New Year's resolutions, classic (laughs) over Um, And one of them was to do better when it came to sustainability and the way that I was living. And I didn't kind of put any crazy, ridiculous markers on it. I didn't put any targets or anything like that. I just wanted to do better for the environment. But it was when I started to do that and when I started trying to live more sustainably, 
I found it so difficult and so hard and overwhelming, confusing. It was just kind of, yeah, it was really, really hard and difficult. And I kind of went, well, if people, like I knew the state of the planet, I knew the state of the world, I knew that we needed to do something. And I kind of thought, well, no one else is going to do this if it's this difficult, if it's this hard. And I was a journalist at the time working in the health and fitness industry. And I kind of went, well, hang on. How about if I applied these kind of similar concepts, but to a sustainability sphere? So kind of to start with, it started as just all education, but it was in reducing my waste and making switches to things like a bamboo toothbrush and a stainless steel straw that when I purchased these items online, they would come individually wrapped in plastic packaging or I would buy a beauty product and it would be kind of have palm oil and parabens in it and but look like it was eco-friendly. So there was all of this stuff that I was kind of then discovering from the actual business side of things. And I went, well, hang on, there are amazing people out there doing amazing things in business, but they didn't know how to market themselves to large mass audiences. So that's where kind of Banish came in because it was showing the education around this, I don't know, simple sustainable bathroom swaps, for example. But then rather than just suggesting go swap and buy a bamboo toothbrush, it would say we would recommend this one. And it was from an Australian small business where you know that even the bamboo in the toothbrush is sustainably sourced. So that's kind of how Banish came about. Um, I have had a couple of businesses. I don't like to call myself a serial entrepreneur, but now it's kind of getting to the stage where I'm at like business six or something wow. like that. So I have had quite a few businesses in the past. It just seems to be something that I keep on falling back into. I quit them all and I decide to get a full-time job and then I end up back here. But this one stuck. It's been two and a half years now and I absolutely love it. Amazing. And I think like for me, when we started our sustainability journey, I felt exactly the same. I came home and I was looking, you know, for all the right things to swap out. And there wasn't a one-stop shop. And sometimes you can go into the local health food store and they have bits and pieces, but it's not everything. And then you are ordering several items from different shops online and spending $8.50 or $10 shipping from six different stores when you can just come to one kind of store and the values like that you are always kind of supporting the smaller local brands um, is so important because I think now especially with what has happened this year so many people are looking to support at home businesses and local businesses within Australia and your platform is just such a great space to just see and you don't put up like you know half-assed products I feel like you really do love every single product that you put up and for me I feel so confident to come to the store because I know that you've probably tried and tested it and you wouldn't put something up that isn't, you know, up to standard, which is amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it means a lot. It's a lot of blood, sweat and tears behind <laughs> it all, but I genuinely love every single day of it. Yes. And so with all your startup entrepreneur type journeys, have you ever done a business course or any type of startup study or anything like that? Or have you just winged it? <laughs> Definitely winged it. <laughs> um, I went to uni. I studied a degree of nutrition and media and communications. So the media and comms side of things helped me to a degree, but it wasn't business focused. It was very much on kind of the journalism side of life. So I don't think I've technically done any business courses apart from 
Google ads and Facebook blueprint, which I think most people have done now, which I would definitely recommend. Yeah. And then when you did start Banish and I guess moving into what you're about to launch with your new business, have you started these kind of businesses solo or have you looked for investors or how have you tried to bootstrap um, and get the business really off the ground? Yeah, so Banish is just me, was founded by just me with no external investment. Um, It's the way that it kind of operates is we don't hold stock. So it means that those upfront costs aren't as huge as, say, for example, other businesses. So it meant that really there was a lot less risk that I was taking, um, but it also meant that, yeah, there wasn't those high, ridiculous costs. It was purely just kind of setting it up. But in saying that, the biggest cost with it is sweat equity and it is a lot of hours. It's a lot of work. And I think people don't really think about it at the time, but if you do kind of calculate, like give yourself an hourly rate of, say, $50 an hour, and if you kind of look at how many hours a week you're spending on a business, like you can actually see all of that um, coming (laughs) into fruition. Um, And then with Little Pepino, it is co-founded by a friend of mine called Afonso. So it is the two of us doing that that brand. And again, that is bootstrapped. There's no external investment from that as well. Amazing. And with all these kind of things that you have going on and you are an absolute go-getter, how do you kind of manage the work-life balance? Have you found one yet? Do you have any tips? (laughs) (laughs) I think I actually asked you this question because I was like, help, please. (laughs) Yeah. It is so, so hard. And I don't really think there is such a thing for me as work-life balance. Yeah. Looking at it from the outside in, most of my friends now know that like you just don't really mention it. Like there's no set standard. There's no 40 hours a week, what (laughs) have you. Um, But yeah, so for me, I've actually set myself this challenge at the start of winter this year and that was going for a swim every day which sounds ridiculous I live in Bondi so quite close to the beach or pretty much on the beach so for me that's just been like this little daily habit now that is kind of helping me with my work-life balance it can take an hour it can take 15 minutes but at least it gets me out it gets me doing something um I'm a very big morning person as I mentioned so for me I kind of do try and cram everything into the first half of the day. Then I try and do my meetings at the end of the day so I can kind of wind down a little bit. I try and kind of forward plan because I'm such a planner and schedule gym classes like their meetings so that I get out my kind of catch ups with friends and now walks because I want to get outside. If I'm catching, if I'm having a meeting in the middle of the day with somebody that I'm pretty comfortable with or who's pretty chilled out, I will simply walk as I'm doing it. So I don't know if you'd call that work-life balance, but it is just about me kind of getting outside, getting moving because it's really difficult. Like, you'd know, like, it's really hard. And I think sometimes the best ideas I have are when I take a break, but it's often really hard to get there and to take that break. And I think COVID has been this amazing time for productivity for me because you've kind of been locked down. You've been forced to not have any socialising or any commitments. But I feel like everybody's feeling it at the moment because no one's had holidays. No one's had breaks. So it has been really difficult. So, yeah, overall, not really a whole lot of work-life balance, but I think it's about setting your own standards 
and kind of so for example like my business partner and I have like a no no calls after 8 p.m or something like that so we'll be on emails so like if we're emailing back and forth then we know that both of us are online but if it's no texting no nothing it's just like that's the cutoff and um, we don't have a morning cutoff but that's that's fine so it's just like little things like that yeah, definitely implementing some little kind of boundaries that you can hopefully adhere to. I know that that's something that I I love what I do so much. So I often blur the lines of what is work and what is my life because laying at the beach, writing product descriptions or working on a new product to me is my life. I love it. It's not work. But then Dave will look at me and be like, you don't switch off, darling. You're so exhausted. I'm like, well, but this is the bit that I love the most. Like, this is the bit that does fill my cup and it is definitely, I don't know anyone that has found that balance and whether it is a real balance or not. I think, you know, going for your meetings on a walk and things like that is such a, an epic idea in the morning. My first thing that I do is go on an elliptical machine for an hour and do all my customer service. Cause it's like the most hated job that I doing. And then <laughs> I'm kind of getting my little exercise and my sweat out and then, you know, it kind of sets me up for the day and I do know what I'm doing, but I've also had that exercise to kind of get my body going as well. Do you have yeah, any definitely. other like little rituals maybe towards the end of the evening when you really need to switch off or if something in the business has come up that is condemned, like maybe a failure or a negative thing, do you have any little rituals to kind of change your mind and, and get the positivity going or either kind of slow down? Yeah, so... I am a big walk around the block person. Like obviously walking for me is just like the biggest thing. So like if I've kind of hit a hurdle or a roadblock or something like that, I will literally walk around the block, which will take me 10 minutes, sometimes five minutes if I'm like on a mission. <laughs> um, but for me, just getting out, getting fresh air is such a game changer when I kind of hit those negative things. Um, and then I feel like I've gotten really into reading in the past couple of years and for me I'm like you I'm on my phone constantly I'm on my computer all day the last thing I want to do is then look at another screen so for me then going to bed and reading for an hour is like the best way for me to wind down and relax I would love to say that I'm doing yoga or something <laughs> like that meditating on a good day you could catch me doing that but the good days at the moment are not really around <laughs> I know when I first like transitioned from um, starting the business and working full time to then going full time into Sabia, I was like, every day I'm going to start with an hour meditation. I'm going to have all this time. <laughs> and I think I've done it like three times in a year. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah. And have you, did you say that Benish is almost two years old or a little bit older? No, two and a half. So yeah. our birthday is in March. And how do you feel about your first two and a half to three years in business? It's pretty exciting. I feel like we're at crunch time at the moment, like the average startup or business lasts between two and three years. So pushing through, hoping to get over that, but I'm pretty confident with it all. I love it. Um, I did a kind of all of my accounts and everything like that this morning. And I was really like happy with all of the statistics and the figures and everything like it is super exciting. Like even though it can feel hard and it can feel tough, it is really, really rewarding. And like you, we've just kind of got a extra person who's kind of coming in and helping out. So it's things like that. Like it's hard to reflect 
and to look back on how far you've come, which I think is so, so important because you just get so caught up in the day to day. But I think now it's like really important to do that. So I'm trying to implement like a, at least once a month check-in, look at everything, like really look at the nitty gritty, like how many more orders are we getting from last month? Are they increasing in cart size? Are they decreasing? What's our conversion rate? Like really looking at that and seeing all the green is just so, so exciting. Yes, that's amazing. Congratulations. Thanks. I know that's something Dave and I have also started to really focus on is we do a lot of kind of visual vision boards and things like that. There's an A4 piece of paper that has handwriting in pencil and it's nothing fancy. There's no pictures. But I know that when it gets to a time where I'm feeling a bit stagnant and like, oh, like I just feel like I'm on that hamster wheel, I whip out one from like three months ago and I'm like, holy shit, like we did all those things and we're, you know, we're constantly growing and we're doing all the things that we hoped for. I mean, I should look in our zero account a little bit more, but that's Dave's job. So I'm like, no, nah, I'm not having a look. <laughs> I just stick to the vision board and I'm like, oh yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> and how that's do you great. feel about the environmental impact that you have had with Benish? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing. At the start of the journey, I was tracking it a lot closer than I than we are now because I think at the start we kind of had six brands to launch it was a lot easier to measure that's the most difficult part about it is like you guys are amazing because you can kind of look at and say like we've uh, diverted x number of single-use makeup wipes from entering landfill for me I'm like single-use makeup wipes plastic toothbrushes like disposable razors like it's really hard to put a figure on it yeah um but it is amazing and I think I just love the community that we have at Vanish and the people that are there and that are making the changes and that tag me on Instagram and are like, hey, like, look, like I'm now trying to grow avocado and I'm like, this is amazing. Like it's just little things like that. I think they just keep me going and it's just amazing. But I'm excited now with our recycling program to be able to track that because we are accepting products from all beauty brands so and kitchenware brands as well. So that's going to be exciting because it's a bit more tangible. I can look at kind of the quantity of products, the weight, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. TerraCycle is such an incredible little business to partner with and we're we're right there so excited to be able to just stop. There's one thing from giving the option of a better choice, but then, you know, when not everyone is going to have a hundred percent sustainable household items and a lot of people don't know where to put things. And that's why it ends up in landfill. I think the education is just broken down. We know to recycle, but sometimes like when I watch your, you know, little polls of what can be recycled and what can't. I'm like, oh, fuck, I thought I was better than this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is so much harder than you anticipate. And because every council in Australia is different, so you being in Burley, me being in Bondi, like we could be recycling completely different but also doing it, doing it right as per our council. So it is confusing. So it is making it that little bit easier. And for the guys listening, like where did you and how do you learn you know, all the things that can be recycled and where to put them. Is there a place that you go to study and to get smarter at that? Or, you know, do you have any tips or tricks of where people can learn? I'm pretty much a nerd. Like I'm like a materials nerd. Like it's so ridiculous. I pick up a product and I look at the kind of the plastic resin code, which is the number in the little triangle on the bottom of a piece of plastic. I then work out what it is 
where kind of the integrity of it, the size of it and everything like that. Now I've got a pretty good base level or understanding, but as you said, as I said, like it's really difficult because every state, every council is different. I really like um, Sustainability Victoria's resources. They've got some amazing ones out there. Planet Arc are also great. They've got mm-hmm. a um, website called Recycling Near You, which is really good for those kind of finicky, funny little products. Um, that's a really good resource and tool, but. Honestly, I would love to say that there's one place that people can go to find it out, but it's just not the case, which again is the reason I started Banish is to try and put it all in one spot. Yeah. And I know people are just so hungry for the information and it's just, it's just not there, unfortunately. And that's why I think people just go for that quick, easy option or they're just uneducated and they're not sure what that quick, easy option really is. So yeah, it's such a, you know, you're not just a shop that sells sustainable tools. You are such a great educational platform and I definitely message you when I have questions about, (laughs) you know, upcoming products and stuff like that. And it's, it is really cool what you're doing. So amazing. Um, And I guess in that first two years to two years and a half, what's been some of the biggest hurdles that you've come across that have you ever felt like this is too hard? I want to give up or. Yeah. No, (laughs) I wouldn't say that I've ever felt like I wanted to throw in the towel, but I would definitely describe running a business. I'm sure you feel the same as riding a roller coaster. Like the highs are so high and then all of a sudden the low is just so low and it comes absolutely out of nowhere. But just as you're at the bottom and you feel like, I don't know, that it's just not really that much fun at all, all of a sudden you shoot back up again and you're on this, you're on another high. So I don't really think there's been anything that's made like a turning point that's made me go, this is all too hard. Definitely. I keep my, like I obviously read all of the news and all of the politics and everything like that. But as a business, we stay right out of that because I believe that individuals can make a big difference and we don't need to like, we can obviously make a lot of power and a lot of, um, a lot of change from our individual behaviors. So that's my biggest thing is at the end of the day, like one person buying a bamboo toothbrush and then not buying a plastic one is a win for me. One person grabbing their blister pack and thinking that it's recyclable, but then actually just having like a five second Google realizing it's not. So putting it in the right bin, that's another win for me. So I think it is all about those small wins and it's not necessarily about chasing that dollar figure and kind of running after that and looking at the sales day on day week on week and the average averages it's about kind of looking at the community and looking at the changes that people are making in their lives yeah 100% and when you talk about growth um, obviously because you don't hold stock you don't really need a commercial space but you did say that you are bringing on or you have just brought on someone to help out. When did you kind of find that balance and decide that it was time to, you know, invest in growing the team or potentially growing the space for when you do hold products for your new brand? Yeah, so definitely. Well, with Little Pepino, we will be holding stock. So we've got a warehouse space lined up for that already. So just waiting on the arrival of those products. Um, And then it was really just kind of looking at me as a person and my efficiency. And even though I can be the most efficient I can be, it gets to a point where I kind of go, I'm not able to give or I'm not able to put out as much as I want. And as, as, 
I'm not allowed, I'm not allowed to be myself anymore and to be, to give as much of myself to the business because I was just spread too thin. So that really was the turning point coming into Christmas. It's a huge period and I don't want it to go to waste. So it was kind of like, okay, let's just press the button now. I don't really think there's ever really a perfect time for anything, but now is as good a time as any. So it's just allowed me to kind of, I wouldn't say take my foot off the pedal. It's just allowed me to kind of be able to do more, be able to give more to little Pepino, be able to give more to Brad, the recycling program and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I know for us, um, for so long we were doing like we get up at 4.30 every morning and Dave still goes between working um, as a set builder on movies and then working with me, mainly because I just don't think it's healthy for us to live and work together 24-7. So I kind (laughs) of like that he still kind of dabbles in construction. But there's just been days where we're up at 4.30, I pretty much go to the warehouse at 8 and then he'll come straight from work and we're packing orders until 8, 9 o'clock and it's it's not fun. And it is like when we decided to make that change to hire someone, it's so terrifying because you think about, you know, Oh, well we could use that money for advertising or this or that. And you're like, Oh, is the sales going to stay so consistent that we need someone, you know, it's their livelihood that then you're taking responsibility of making sure that they have a job. And then, yeah, our warehouse, literally the warehouse next door has just become available. And I was like, fuck, like it's my dream space. I've literally, before we even started Sabia, I used to go and work in it as a co-working space. And I just have always kind of said, I want that space. And when it became available, I was like, oh, we're doing it. And Dave's like, oh, is now a good time? Like we're in the middle of <laughs> peak period and you're going to move a warehouse while we're trying to pack orders. And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so tricky and it's so hard. But I also think like you need to think about your value on an hourly rate. Like I always come back to that. But you have amazing skills and amazing things to offer. And is that, is it really worth you spending four hours a day packing orders? Like, could you use that bet that time better to be forward planning, working on product development releases, things like that. So I think that's what it came down to for me was the things that I wasn't getting to were just kind of the, like they were the big things. They were the money making things. So it was kind of like, no, well, this is not working at all and it needs to change. Yeah. And even like we're the same, I've noticed such a, even in my mindset towards the business and towards growth, I'm just, I've got that zest back again. I'm so excited. And when I see her packing orders and I'm doing something, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is two people in one time. Like (laughs) it's so good. (laughs) Exactly. It's so exciting. And what are some game-changing strategies that you've kind of come across in business that you're happy to share? Um, game-changing strategies from like a business perspective or more from like a personal perspective? Oh, or bit of both really. Um, okay, I would say from a business perspective, it is automating as much as possible. I know you're a huge one for this as well, but our email system is automated. Like there is no tomorrow. It did take months. Like it wasn't an overnight kind of thing. The amount of effort you put into those emails, nobody really sees, but you get the results from it. You get the engagement, everything like that. Like I think really investing in your email list is something that is really, really important because generally speaking, they're going to be your most engaged. They're your most 
passionate customers. So you need to treat them like that because it can be so easy to kind of daily update everybody on Instagram, but you need to love your list is what I would say with your emails for sure. Um, when it comes to your inbox personally, like I've got four different email accounts, which sounds ridiculous, but for me, it just really helps me separate my headspace because I find it really difficult kind of to swap from the accounts to the marketing to the Lottie as a sustainability expert headspace. So by having those separate inboxes, it literally is like different parts of my mind. And again, it's setting up for the future for when we will have a full-time bookkeeper or we will have a full-time order fulfillment person. So it's separating it and it's segmenting it, segmenting it and it's setting up those processes now because I think it's so easy to think like a small business but if you're going to think like a small business, you're going to be a small business for the rest of your life. So it's about planning and it may seem so, so ridiculous, but it does just help you because you've got those processes in place. Everybody knows you need to email accounts if you've got an issue. Don't email this other inbox because it will get lost. It will not get found. So I think that has been something that's been really huge. I'm a big list person um, from a personal perspective. Like yesterday I accidentally left my notebook at my business partner's house and it was like I would literally was calling him being like, I've lost my brain, please send me photos because it's just for me, I, I find that's actually a really good way to decompress to kind of get when I'm feeling a bit frazzled, I write everything that I have to do down and it just makes it so, so easy. It's so clear. I try and bunch my tasks by like-minded, I don't know, like-minded topics or whatever they are. So for example, I try and do all of my meetings on one day. I try and do all of my content creation on one day. I try and do kind of things like that. That's probably one of the best game changers I've found because doing that forward planning really, really does help. Um, and then another thing I think, and everybody says it, but it's so easy to not do is do your biggest task first. It is so easy to kind of, for me especially, I open up kind of the five inboxes and I've got a couple of hundred emails I need to respond to. So it's like that could easily take me a couple of hours, whereas I've kind of flipped, flipped it around I've got on my to-do list what the big item I need to do today is and I will do that and then we'll get to kind of four o'clock in the afternoon, maybe three o'clock if I've been super productive and then I can sit in my inbox for a couple of hours because it is like, in an, like a never-ending pit of to-do list, my inbox. So, yes, that is, those are a couple of things. I think I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I feel you on the list. I'm a massive list person and I think when you start out on your own, you have to, like your brain, you're literally every single aspect of the business. And if I don't have a list, I like would forget what to do. And I've, I use like an alarm system. Everybody hates it in the office. They're like, what the fuck, Katie? But it just like allows me every two hours, there's an alarm that's like, all right, we'll change to the next task because you're taking too long on that. But I do, I start it with the highest priority in the beginning of the day. And then in two hours time, it's like, okay, we'll move on to the next thing. And then it just makes me feel like I'm touching on all those really important things and I'm giving them as much time as I possibly can throughout the day. And then whatever I don't get done is like the beginning of tomorrow's priority list. And that's something like, yeah, lists and automations are just the key, especially for startup. Like, like as you said, with your emails, it takes, we have a one year, um, 
life cycle email flow that runs people through from the minute that they buy a tone kit in two weeks time, they get told how to look after it in three months time. They get told how many single uses they've stopped, how to clean it, how to everything for one whole year. And that took me weeks to set up. But now those customers, it, it avoids the customer service as well. Like no one's asking like how to do this or how to do that because they're getting that touch point every few months. It's not salesy. It's purely educational and just congratulating them on making the change and checking in and being like, have you noticed differences in your skin or have you made other sustainable changes since purchasing this? And it is, yeah, it's a huge task to set up, but in the end, you know, it's there for life and then you can implement you know, other strategies that are similar and use the same framework. It's just with a new product or with a new message. So I honestly think that, yeah, automation and email list is amazing. Do you have any other type of marketing um, strategies that are kind of your go-to that you're happy to share? I feel like my marketing strategies are quite unique because they are very centered around me as a person. Because when, again, when I came back to me being the customer, when I first started Banish, I found it really hard to relate to sustainability. I found it really, really difficult because at the time, even though it was only two and a half years ago, it was still seen as this perceived, like you have dreadlocks, you don't shave your armpits and you (laughs) smell like that was literally what it was like. And I, so I feel like the marketing strategy is quite unique because it is focused around me. Like I do not have dreadlocks. My hair is a mess, but I do not have dreadlocks. I don't think I smell and I do shave my armpits. It is kind of about, you can live a normal life. My, I still have the same friendship group. I still travel. I still drive my car, but I live so much more sustainably. So I think that's how our marketing works is because people can relate to a person it is so much easier to see say for example you taking off your one of your matcha masks with a makeup wipe and go uh, one of your reusable um, pads sorry and go hang on that makes so much sense and it was so easy like it's just people I think need to see it in order to not only believe it but in order to feel it and I think that's the strategy that we have at Banish it's very inclusive it's very much about not being perfect it's about making small sustainable changes and i get most of the engagement on the posts when i mess up literally like (laughs) when i go to a coffee shop i hand them over my coffee cup and they say no we're not taking it and i kind of go well what am i meant to do now i'll have a cup but i won't take the lid and then everyone goes oh my gosh it's so simple like it's not about i feel like it can be quite polarizing it can be a quite a scary space But like you guys are trying to do, it's not about kind of taking every single piece of makeup you've ever owned, throwing it out and replacing it with you guys. You're like, when you are ready, make this swap. And once you've made that swap, then make another sustainable swap. So it is, I think that's really, yeah, the strategy. So I don't know if that would, is technically a strategy or what have you. Um, But yeah, when it comes to probably, I guess, more of the strategy side of things, rather than just using a person and a face, which I recommend to all of the businesses that I consult with, it is probably about consistency, especially with social media. Um, You guys do a great job at this as well, but you've got to think about social media and 
as part of people's daily routines, because generally speaking, people don't like to admit it, but they wake up in the morning. The first thing they do is open their phone. They're on the train to work. They're on their phone again. Then they're probably getting a coffee at 10 a.m. and they're on their phone again while they wait. They're then on their phone at lunchtime. Then again, they're on their phone on their way home. So their routine is very regimented. So what you're providing them as a business should be the exact same. For example, like I share my, with three thoughts every time I have a coffee in the morning, first thing up, that's the first post that goes every single morning. And then in the afternoon, I'll do a couple more posts that when people are on their way home, then they'll start to kind of, I don't know, learn more about sustainability. We post a, each day of the week, we know exactly what we're going to post. Monday is a meme, Tuesday is a reel, Wednesday is an IGTV, Thursday is a drawing, Friday is product-based, Sunday is a picture of me. So it's very regimented, but people get used to it. They look at their clock and they cut at the day and they go, oh, it's Wednesday. Today we're going to be playing bingo. Like it's about becoming part of people's routine. And I think even though people don't, you don't need to tell them and say like, it's Monday meme day, you just start and you just do that. And I think for me personally, as a business owner, it really helped because it knew it gave me KPIs on what kind of content I was creating, but it also really helps build that audience because they know what they're going to expect. They, they know what they, to expect from you. And we did the exact same, I think in our welcome series, the three email series when somebody signs up to the newsletter in it, it literally says you will get an email from us on a Wednesday and a Sunday. And it's just setting everything up from the get go, because I think as a transparent business, it's really great to be transparent with your customers as well about exactly what they're going to get. Yeah, a hundred percent. And we, we're not a hundred percent regimented with what we share on our stories, but our page posts are always, you know, the same six kind of static posts are very, it's either someone using it. It's a fact. It's a love message kind of self love thing, but everyone is really getting used to that Sunday, Monday night. They know they're going to see Dave and I, doing a face mask and when we don't do it we're getting messages of people like well what <laughs> what am I going to do tonight <laughs> it's Sunday I'm waiting for like your kooky video of taking taking a face mask off and Dave doing something weird when he's putting it on <laughs> and we're just like what like we didn't even realize it was becoming like a Sunday Monday thing that we always did and now it is like it's it's a thing and they love it it's so funny like yeah. No, I think it's really great and I think it's engaging. And at the end of the day, like as a business on social media, like you're not just selling to the customer, the same with your email list. It's not just a sales platform. For us, like the number one thing that I always think about is education. Before sales, before anything, it's what value are you giving to your audience? It doesn't have to be education. It could be beautiful inspirational pictures. It could be travel destinations. It could be nutrition tips. There has to be a reason why they're following you or why they're signing up to the list. Yeah, 100%. I think gone are the days that businesses should just be offering sales. It's, it's an education and it's a community. Um, where do you hang out to get smarter, whether it is to learn things about marketing or business or sustainability? Um, where do I hang out? I've got a great brains trust, I would say. A um, couple of girlfriends that are kind of in the industry so that we can kind of talk to and chat and kind of say like, hang on, like, is anybody else's like Instagram going really funky today? And they go, yep, 
there's a change happening and we go, okay, perfect. So I feel like relying on peers and other people is honestly where I find I get the most from a social media perspective because Facebook, Google and Instagram, well, Instagram is the same as Facebook, but they hold their cards very close to their chest. They're not going to send out a little email saying, hey, guys, just letting you know we're doing a bit of an update. They don't do that. So it is about kind of connecting and talking to those people about it. Um, I do a lot of trial and error. I'm very a very big believer in that everybody's audience is different on social media. So just if something works with somebody doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work for your audience as well. So yeah, it's a lot of trial and error. And then I'm trying to think, I really like reading the hustle, which is a email that comes out. I think it's every couple of days, which is amazing. And it's about startups, business, productivity, what have you. And it's just right in your inbox. So you don't have to really think or worry about it at all um, because I do find it really, really inspiring. I also love listening to podcasts um, when I have time. That's also great. And I think one of the biggest things for me as well is, and I think this is actually how we met, is when you listen to somebody on a podcast that you admire or that you connect with, it is reaching out to them and it's chatting to them because I think I was on a podcast couple of maybe it was like the yeah, start of the year I, I yeah forgot that's how we connected yeah and you emailed me afterwards and you're like hey I just listen to your podcast like we need to chat and I was like oh okay like got my interest straight away so I think that's a really good idea as well because people are so receptive and so open to sharing ideas information what's worked for them what's not I feel like it's kind of like a wishing well like I would help out another small business right now or a launching business because I've had so many other people helping me out along the way. Like it is, even though it technically everybody's fighting for everybody's dollar, it's not like that. Well, I feel like it's not like that, especially in the sustainability and startup sphere. I feel like everybody genuinely wants everyone to succeed. So it is about asking questions and don't send an email asking for a coffee chat to pick your brain. Like, Mm -hmm. please do not do that. It's about send a specific question be like, hi, like I saw this post on Instagram. I just wanted to know like what your strategy was behind it or like how it's going, blah, blah, blah. Like something a bit more specific, like generic emails just do not work. (laughs) I know. I guess that's the biggest reason for me starting this podcast is because so many mess. I get so many messages to my personal Instagram, which is minimal. I don't even know if it's on public or private, but it's so many people just asking questions about startups, sustainability, marketing advice. And I just wanted to, like, I can share stuff on Savia, but it's mainly sustainability, skincare, self-love. I don't want it to be like about business and things like that because it's not really the aspect of what we really want to kind of educate upon. So the reason of starting Authentic Verdict was pretty much to hold a space for other startups to kind of, you know, grow together and share little tips and tricks. And it's not just for people who are wanting to start a startup business. It could be if you are working in marketing or you're working in product development or you want to become a blogger. Like it's just a little space and I want to build a network where it is like, you know, a chat or a forum or a Facebook page where someone could say, what the hell is happening on Instagram today? And we're all just there to help each other out. Like it's, it's such a cool, I think gone are the days where people are like 
you know, this is my cards and I'm going to hold them close to my chest. I think it is really evolving, which is beautiful because there are, especially with the sustainability kind of businesses, we all have the same mission and why not help each other? Like if you're going to stop someone that I can't reach from using a single use makeup wipe, I don't care if you're getting the sale or I'm getting the sale, we're saving the planet together. And I love that. Yeah, no, definitely agree. And to wrap it up, what is one of your favourite quotes or something that you've kind of been told, a bit of advice that you would either like to share or give? Ooh, (laughs) my favourite quote would have to be, I just think, I don't know if it's anybody's quote or if it's just a saying that I love saying, and it is that together we can all make small changes that will make a big difference. I love that. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) And if anyone does want to come and join along on Banish and the new brand, where's the best place to find you and how do we kind of follow along and learn from Lottie? Yeah, definitely. So you can follow Banish on Instagram at banish.au. Our website is banish.com.au. Or you can also follow, or and, sorry, you can follow at littlepepino underscore on Instagram and littlepepino.com is the website for that. Amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time out to share about the amazing things you're doing and also give some little tips and tricks for those out there who are potentially starting out or, you know, just interested in business in general. No worries. Thanks so much for having me. And I think this podcast is a great idea. It's, I just love transparency and sharing everything because I don't think there needs to be any secrets. 100%. Thank you very much.